What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Mode Podcast. I am Duke. And I'm Kesley. And welcome back to another spooky type of October episode. It is still October, in case you didn't know. Welcome welcome back to the month of October. Or yes. if you're joining us for the first time in October, we're doing some spooky content this October for some obvious reasons, as October is the spooky month that includes Halloween. Yeah, we're big Halloween fans, and... So if you haven't caught our last episodes, we did one on like your scary stories that you guys sent in and another one on haunted houses. And tonight is probably going to be my favorite episode. Oh yeah? Um, I don't know if it's going to be Duke's favorite, but I am a huge true crime fan. Um, I absolutely love... She's such love- <laughs> a big true crime fan and I'm honestly not. <laughs> yeah, I love true crime. But I do have to tell you, before I start telling you the story, I'm sitting in a hotel room in New York City. I'm alone. It's an old building, and so I feel like I might be a little bit creeped out after sharing the story with you. Oh, I feel so safe in hotels. You're going to be fine. You do? Um, I don't know why. Why I do you feel, feel so safe, safe in, in hotels? Them? I feel safe in hotels because, like, there's a front desk downstairs. You have a deadbolt on your door. Oh, mine's not. Like, I should probably deadbolt I, it. I didn't I, last night. I, every time I go in my room, I deadbolt it. Hmm. Every time. It's very smart. Okay. okay. Wait, I have a question about New York. So... Where is the hotel that you're staying? Is it in Manhattan? Is it in Soho? Manhattan it's in area? Soho. Yeah. I thought, I thought you had mentioned Soho. Mm-hmm. Soho is one of my favorite districts in New York um, because it's a large <laughs> shopping district. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I am very Kesley, close to Gucci. So I gave Kesley a Gucci belt for her birthday <laughs> in January and I got a yes. size too big. We've probably told you the story. And she mm-hmm. told me that she was going to go finally get another hole in the belt. Did you? I have the Gucci belt right here right there and I didn't tonight because it's 10 o'clock and I just got back to my hotel but tomorrow night I don't have a work dinner so I will be getting it done good finally I'm very excited because the outfit I brought for day three requires a belt and I did not bring a backup so you better (laughs) take a great photo in New York with the belt okay and you better pay attention to the lighting and okay sit on it and okay Make it a good one. Okay. See, guys, this is what I deal with with Duke. I'm just kidding. He's very supportive (laughs) of my dreams. I am supportive, but I just, I've been waiting (laughs) since January for her to put a hole in this belt. And I've been to a Gucci, what, 10 times since January? Why don't you ever take it for me? Well, it's not necessary because I'm going to take it in. How am I going to get it from you to take it to Gucci and all that? I don't know. Come to my house, visit your nephew, Twix. Yeah, which I have been doing (laughs) a little bit more than usual. So yeah. that's good. Okay, but without further ado, w- did I say that weird? I feel like I said no, that weird. Oh, that was fine. That was fine. That was okay. Fine. Anyway, we are going to jump right into this. So um, although I love a lot of crime podcasts, my favorite one, for those of you who also like true crime, is Crime Junkie. Um, Just everyone except for me. Yeah. And so unfortunately, Duke has to be Brit, the lesser I, half of the podcast that's just oh. responding to things. Um, but I'm going to tell you guys a story. All right. Are you ready, Duke? I hope that you give us a good reading voice. Okay. Today I'm going to be telling you guys the story of the murder of Angela Samota. From the office? (laughs) No, it's a different, it's a different Angela, obviously. (laughs) Okay. 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 
Um, she was murdered back in the 80s um, and at her university, the university um, in Dallas. It's Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. Okay. So um, Angela was born on the 19th of September, 1964. Um, according to her family and childhood friends, she had a beautiful smile. Um, she was the type of person who would light up a whole room, super social, very friendly, and also one of the few girls who was in the computer science and electrical engineering. Um, like she, she was interested in that as she grew up. Um, so people like refer to her in a lot of the interviews and things that I read as the triple threat, like an awesome personality, cute, and smart. Um, so she caught a lot of attention um, when she went to school. I have a um, question so far. Yeah. Um, did she have a cat named Sprinkles? <laughs> Duke, still this is not on, Angela from The Office. stuck on the Angela from The <laughs> Office thing. All right, you can continue. Okay. So she enrolls in her in um, the Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, uh, to study computer science and engineering. Um, and she gets a roommate named Sheila. Um, Are you sure it wasn't also, Dwight? <laughs> yes. Okay. It wasn't Andy. Sure. It wasn't Pam. It was Sheila. Um, and that was on her very first day. Um, they shared a room. And at first, um, Sheila said that she wasn't very close to Angie um, because Angela, like, always had boyfriends and cats. Um, they're, <laughs> stop it i'm going to kill you you oh, cannot be making whoa. jokes throughout this whoa whoa whoa. okay okay yeah it's, is this wait it's true crime right? yeah this is a real story so it's okay. kind of insulting that you're just making jokes oh my gosh okay? i'm so sorry everyone just just everyone think about the jokes that i could be making and i just won't say them but just just think in your mind what i could be saying and then you'll laugh all right all right keep okay. going okay serious comments only duke okay um, but after years together, they grew really close. So um, by so two years later, um, Angie's 20. She's in her like junior year of college now. Um, they're still roommates. They've been really good friends. Um, and Angie heads out with two friends. It's the night of October 12th, 1984 at this point. Um, she did leave with one male and one female friend, uh, which... I just like wanted to make a note that one was a guy and one was a girl because she did have a boyfriend and the boyfriend didn't go with them. So she goes out. Yes, Duke. Um, I just want everyone to think about what I could be saying Stop about it. the okay. boyfriend. So she goes out um, on the town. They go to the state fair of Texas. Um, and uh, according to the police report, her boyfriend didn't go with them because he was working in construction and he had to get up early the next morning. But it's kind of weird because then um, after she's done with the night, she goes and visits her boyfriend. So um, just so you guys know who was kind of there at the state fair that night, um, the there were fans and players maybe of the University of Texas football team because they were going to face off um, the University of Oklahoma for the annual River Red River Showdown. Um, and so there were a lot of people in town for this event. Um, then after they go to the fair, the three friends go to the Rio Room dance club and they stay there until about 1 a.m. Then Angie drives her friends and she drops them off at their homes. Um, but then, like I said, after she goes to her boyfriend's apartment to say goodnight. Um, which 
like, I know even when you have, I mean, I don't know how close her boyfriend lived to her or anything like that. I couldn't find anything on that, but it still seems kind of weird to me that you got with your friends. It's one thirty in the morning and you feel like you have to go check in with your boyfriend to say goodnight. Like wouldn't a phone well, call have sufficed? She probably wasn't just saying goodnight. Okay. Well, that that's a good point, but, but like just he didn't go that. out with them because he wanted to go to bed early. That's what he told the police. As okay, he said, I didn't go on, out with them because everyone, I had to work early Everyone in imagine that I'm doing air quotes. He wants to go to bed early. All right. <laughs> you can continue. <laughs> well, no, like I seriously don't understand it because like you want to go to bed early, but then you're okay with her coming over at like 2 a.m. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. I think that we can all have different theories about why this might happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Theory. Yeah, okay. So then um, – so and then after she goes to her place – so not long after she got home, um, her boyfriend calls the police and reports that he got a phone call from Angie that got disconnected. Which honestly, like police what? don't take. Yeah, this is I'm like amazed by this because but this for is back once, in the 80s or something, right? Yeah, yeah, this is in the 80s. Which, okay. like, for all of the true crime podcasts I listen to, there are people who literally say like this person went missing. I haven't heard from them in days, and police tell them like. Um, you have to wait 72 hours so you can't report them which amazes me that then like they actually follow up on the fact that her phone call disconnected so i don't know if the police know more and they're not telling or us is this uh, fib oh yes exactly play. is the boyfriend should play the truth? a game sometime on the podcast called like truth or fib like two and truths and a lie and you, and you have to decide if it's a truth or a fib Mm, excellent and idea. I don't say the word lie anymore. I say fib. Fib is in. I'm bringing it back. Why? Because it sounds like better than saying a lie. It's just funny to say. Say it. Mm. Fib. Say it. Okay. It's good. kind of satisfying, well, actually. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast in your car, I don't care where you are, in your car, at <laughs> home, in the bathtub, um, <laughs> please say the word fib right now. I'm going to give you three seconds. One, two, three. See, wasn't that fun? Yeah, I told you. Start using it. Okay. I'm gonna start calling you Duke the Explorer. What? No. Because you know Why how Dora. You, you know how Dora will say like, everybody oh. say map, say map, map. and then she's like looks at the yeah. and then the TV screens are staring at you. Okay. Anyway, back yeah. to murder. Okay. <laughs> so, so he calls the police. He tells them it was disconnected. The apartment manager then lets the police in, who miraculously follow up on that lead. I still I can't get over that. And they discover that the woman's dead and naked on the bed. Ew. Yeah. The autopsy showed that, that the victim, that Angela, had been raped and then repeatedly stabbed. And she ended up dying from the wounds that were made to her heart. So, originally the police had two suspects. And can you guess who was on the list? The boyfriend and the male friend. Boom. The boyfriend. Yes. And then, so the boyfriend was, and then... um. And then the other person is the guy that she went out with. Yes. Yep. So he's actually an architect who was 23 years old. Too easy. Yeah. He was 23 years old at the time and he was living in a lower Greenville apartment. Um, so really close to um, where she was killed. And um, they, they have these two suspects. The police are going back and forth. They can't seem, um, you know, I mean, both the guys were seen with her that night. Um, but then she also was, was back at her apartment. Um, no one at the complex, her roommate, any, like they don't remember her coming back with anyone. 
Um, and so after a long period of time, it just, the, the case kind of goes, goes cold. Um, and there really wasn't much progress on it other than the fact that, you know, they had these two guys and questioned them, um, until really 2006. Um, 2006, how many years after is that? Well, it happened in 84. So do the math. What is that? I don't do math, but someone at home can figure it out. All that I know, it's a long time. I, <laughs> okay, but I don't well, know. it's a really long time. Um, so in 2006, um, a, a detective with the Dallas police, Linda Crum, um, was tasked with the case. Um, and uh, really, like when it comes to these cold cases, everything that I've read about them, it, it's hard for the, it, the police's attention to be caught unless someone is like almost bugging them about it. And so Sheila, um, her roommate for all those years actually was calling them constantly and saying like, I have this case. And she watched the OJ Simpson case, um, which Uh is famous, you know, for like DNA, et cetera. Um, and, and she called and said, Hey, I like, there was, you know, she was raped. So there has to be DNA. Like we should use that to solve it. Um, so anyway, so Linda Crum ends up using DNA evidence from the blood and semen and fingernail samples to Hold try on. and find Go back. Go back. Her last uh-huh. name is Crum. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you're listening and your last name is Crum. I just thought that was funny for a second. I need a new co-host. Oh, Are you paying I attention brought, to anything but funny things? I have brought so much light to this podcast. We're like, you're like in the deep, dark depth and I am like... I'm bringing all of the light. I'm sure everyone at home can appreciate some comic relief. Yes. Fib. All right. Keep going. <laughs> Fib. Good one. Okay. Um, so Crum uses the DNA evidence from blood and semen and the fingernail samples to try and find a match among um, people who have a criminal record. Um, which, and this is crazy to me in 2008. So two years after that, the results point to this guy named Donald Bess, um, which was crazy because like, he's just some random guy and they've never really been able to connect him as to like how he ended up with her. He's never come out and said, um, you know, like how he did it. Um, but at the time that Angie was murdered, he was out on parole, um, while serving a 25 year sentence. Uh, and so, um, two years later, they take Donald Vest to trial um, for sexual assault and the murder of Angie. Um, he was already in prison serving a life sentence. Um, so he, um, for a little background on Bess, on the guy who ended up um, raping and murdering her, he was born in 1948 in Arkansas. Um, and in 1978, so... Um, what is that, six years before um, he murdered her, he was convicted for aggravated sexual assault and, and, and kidnapping. Um, and he had been sentenced to 25 years and was out on parole so fast after. Like, he was already on parole in 1984, and he was only sentenced in 78. Um, so then during that time, he raped and murdered um, Angie. And then one year later, in 1985, in a case completely unrelated, he was sentenced um, for another count of aggravated rape and kidnapping and sexual assault. So, um, which like leads me to think um, 
I almost feel like Angie's death may have been a mistake. Like I, um, obviously it was a mistake in the fact that like she shouldn't have been murdered, but I think on his part, because it sounds like all of his other, um, assaults, like there, he hasn't ever been linked to another murder, but has definitely been linked to other like sexual cases. And so I don't know if maybe she fought back or, um, if he got nervous that her roommate had heard something or just like something stupid like that. But I feel like he didn't go in planning to kill her. Um, because normally like once you start killing, you continue to do so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm still stuck on that. Her name is Angela. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can't, can't handle you. Okay. Um, Anyway, um, so... Leslie, I have he, to bring the comic relief. Okay, so he goes to trial um, for this in 2010, and it took the jurors less than an hour to reach a decision, and um, they just said that, like, the totality of the prosecution, there was no way that they could not convict him. Like, it was clear that he continued to do crimes. His ex-wife even got on the stand and, like, testified that he abused her and their kids, Um, and so I picked this case because of a few things. One, because go roommate who like freaking told them, Hey, my friend, like you have to keep investigating her case Two, I could not believe that the police actually followed up on a disconnected phone call because that's amazing. And third and finally, um, I just felt like we needed a case because you hate true crime so much that didn't leave like a bunch of open ends. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you now will like listen to all of true crime. Fun. Oh my gosh. Don't complain. Wait, no, I wasn't complaining. I just think that that would have been fun. <laughs> hey, I have an idea for the title of this podcast. I think you should name it true crime and comic relief. Fine. You yes. win. We can call it that. You're welcome. Yes, that's perfect. I just <laughs> love that. That's so funny. So do you think that you would listen to a true crime pas- podcast now? Like, do I hold your attention? Did you like it? The only true crime podcast I would listen to, if it's mm-hmm. stories like that, is ours. Because I honestly <laughs> made it feel great. But if it was just true crime the whole time with no comic relief, no fibs, no anything, I, I don't know if I could. I don't, I don't think I could do it. It's too much. No, if, the if podcast, the, the true crime podcast that you would like is My Favorite Murder. Because it's like two ladies, Why? one of them's getting drunk all the time on the podcast. They're like laughing, making jokes, but also like telling true crime. And yeah, it's see, really funny. That sounds like they should have named it True Crime with Comic Relief. And Comic Relief. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if we make a true crime spinoff of the mode. That's uh-huh. what we're naming it. I'm putting a trademark on that right now, everyone. Do not steal the name. And if it's already <laughs> taken, you know that I thought of that on the spot, so it doesn't count if it's... Yeah, you know it. You all know it. True you crime all know and comic I came relief. up with that on the spot, so it's fair game. Yeah. So um, with that, we have one... Is it only one more week till Halloween? Or is it two? It's two, um, right? It's two, I believe. Okay, yeah, good. Two. Well, honestly, I don't know, but... Although, um, yes, Zach and Twix and I will be sharing our first Halloween costume this Friday because we have our party that I'm stoked about, so... That's exciting. Yes. Is it the so, one that I'm thinking of? 
I don't know. Which one are you thinking of? Let me do some hand movements. <laughs> Duke looks like he's doing the butterfly from um, oh my gosh. Napoleon Dynamite. have to find out. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. Right. I know how I can ask you. Did you, did you get Twix's costume on Amazon? Yes. Oh, I well, I still don't know. Oh, I know what you were doing. I know what you're doing. Yes, yes, it is that costume. I thought you were asking which party it was that we were going to. No, I don't care about that. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> on that note. On that <laughs> note. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I just feel like I was planning for such a dramatic Let ending. Let me do the outro. Now it's just, okay, fine. Um, so this has been Kesley is the true crime and Duke is the comic relief. And we will catch Fib. you next time. <laughs> I just had to throw it we'll in catch there. Catch you next time on... <laughs> Are you ready? We'll catch you next time on The Mode. The Mode. Oh, that was so bad. Just kidding. It was great. Okay, bye, guys. I'll see you next time. Laugh at my jokes, please. <laughs> <laughs>